welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Bonaiuto, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset is an unscripted, unedited podcast because I believe that our mistakes are not failures, but our greatest opportunities. So join me for an episode of The Therapist Mindset, where we combine evidence-based therapies and a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we can grow and change. Let's dive in. Someone wrote in and asked me to do a podcast on the topic of perfectionism. And I said, okay, that's a great topic. So perfectionism, some people think it's a strength. Some people think not so much. We're going to break it down. According to psychcentral.com, perfectionism is rooted in believing that your self-worth is based on your achievements. Perfectionism. The root of perfectionism is believing your self-worth is based on your achievements. So not necessarily your self-worth being based on who you are as a person, but what you do, what you accomplish. I didn't just stop there. I wanted another definition. Perfectionism, according to Wikipedia... When talking about perfectionism in psychology, perfectionism is a personality trait characterized by a person's concern with striving for flawlessness, accompanied by self-critical evaluations and concerns about what others will think. So that's a little more in depth. Um, So psychcentral.com notes perfectionism being rooted in a person defining their self-worth based on their accomplishments, their achievements, not on who they are as a person. And Wikipedia breaks it down even further, noting that it's a personality characteristic and it's characterized by a person striving for flawlessness. And in addition to that, people with perfectionism as a personality trait are often self-critical of not only themselves, but of other people. So let's look even deeper into perfectionism. Is it good? Is it bad? Some people say perfectionism is what drives them to succeed. Other people say it causes uh, stress, anxiety, depression. So when is being good or good enough? When is it good enough? So having a drive to succeed, having motivation to do things well, to be good or excel at what you're doing is a trait of high achievers. It's a characteristic that does increase the likelihood of success. But where is that line? Where does it tip over to perfectionism? Where does it tip over to 
overthinking it, overanalyzing it, becoming so fixated on it, you develop anxiety or depression or some other psychiatric symptom or condition that negatively impacts your health. So where does being high achiever, where does being a high achiever cross the line into perfectionism? And what are some negative consequences? We're going to get into all that. But first, I just want to thank you in advance for supporting the therapist mindset. It means so much to me. Please give this podcast a five-star review and a follow. Share it as much as possible on social media, with friends, family. I thank you so very much. The more we share, follow, and give reviews to this podcast, the more people will benefit from our education and experiences. So I thank you, thank you, thank you. In addition, I would really appreciate if you gave me a follow on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset on TikTok, for little snippets of podcast episodes and more education on mental health awareness and fun. All right, let's get back into perfectionism. What are some signs of being a perfectionist? All or nothing thinking. It's not black and white. A perfectionist typically views the world as good or bad. I succeeded, I failed. There's nothing in between. So high achievers have this gray area where they can see growth. I didn't necessarily succeed or I didn't get the grade or the score I was hoping for, but I know I didn't fail. I learned X, Y, and Z, and I can grow from that and do better. That's a healthy, high achiever mindset. A perfectionist isn't able to see that gray area. They see, I either succeeded or I failed. And there's nothing in the middle. Therefore, there's really no room for growth. Do you understand how that could be harmful or negatively impact our personal growth. Healthy ambition, like a high achiever, looks for mistakes as opportunities, just like I note in the intro to the therapist mindset. Mistakes are not failures. They're opportunities to learn and grow. If we view every mistake as a failure, we wouldn't think so highly of ourselves. Because we make mistakes as human beings every day, all the time. The important thing is to grow, to learn, to not repeat mistakes over and over again. But taking mistakes not as failures, but as our greatest opportunities. And high achievers, someone with a healthy mindset, to a healthy ambition and drive, is also going to be supportive of others where a perfectionist is critical and judgy. They look for every little flaw in themselves, but they also look at the flaws of other people. So a perfectionist is going to be really critical, not only of themselves, 
but of others as well. Whereas a healthy drive and ambition, a high achiever is going to be supportive, to take those mistakes or flaws and see how they can make them into growth opportunities. A perfectionist is driven by fear. So it's a fear of failure, fear of not succeeding. That is the root, that is the driver of the car. Whereas a healthy high achiever, someone with healthy level of ambition is driven by desire. They want this. They want to succeed. They want to excel because they desire to complete that goal. Whereas a perfectionist is driven by fear. It's not so much that they just really want it, but that they more so just are afraid of failing. Perfectionists have unrealistic standards, whereas a healthy, ambitious person, a high achiever, knows a realistic goal and they can set small steps. So like, for example, a perfectionist might set a goal that is completely unrealistic, like they want to go from A to Z in one jump. Whereas someone with a healthy sense of ambition will know that they have to start at A and go to maybe C and then move to D and then to H. You can't just go from all or that all or nothing thinking. So someone who's a perfectionist, again, doesn't see what's in the middle, doesn't see that gray area. They go from one end to the other. And oftentimes that's unrealistic and sets people up for failure. People who have the greatest chances of success are people who take those larger goals and break them down into parts. People who can do the baby steps and celebrate those successes along the way. Healthy high achievers, healthy ambition, someone with a healthy ambitious mindset also knows what's a realistic goal and what's not. So like for me, If I had the goal of wanting to run a marathon, that's a realistic goal. I can train and I could complete a marathon with proper training and discipline, sure. But a perfectionist might say they want to come in the top, like in place, top three. So for me, I know that that's not realistic based on age, based on maybe how much time you have to train, based on, you know, what kind of health and conditioning I'm in. If I, you know, only have, say, four weeks, six weeks until the race, I know that that might not be a realistic goal, but to run the marathon and complete it? that would be a goal that is achievable. And I might do better than I expected. But a perfectionist, if they wanted to have a goal of running a marathon, it would not just be to finish it, it would be to come in, you know, first, second or third. And On top of that, if they didn't come in first, second, or third, even if they came in fourth or fifth, they would see that as a failure. When really, 
that's still a success. So what happens when we set unrealistic goals? What happens when we don't see that gray area we think in terms of black and white? It often leads to procrastination. People don't end up doing anything because they're waiting for the perfect storm. They're waiting for the perfect timing, the perfect amount of money, the perfect weather. They're waiting until everything's perfect just to get started. And guess what? That doesn't usually come along. There is never the perfect time for a lot of things. I tell people there's never a perfect time to have a baby. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to Um, be in a perfect place. The same thing with buying a house or switching jobs, perhaps. Most things in life that we want to change, that we want to try, that we've never tried before, there's not a perfect time. We have to think, when is the time good enough? When is it pretty good? When is it a better time than others? Because there's never going to be the perfect time to do a lot of these big life events and changes. And if we wait for that perfect moment, the perfect timing, it's just not going to happen. And then people end up procrastinating and not getting it done at all. Psychology Today notes three different types of perfectionism. Self-oriented perfectionism, which is when somebody places unrealistic expectations onto themselves. And that's what we normally think of. That's what people typically think of when they think of a perfectionist, that the person is placing high standards or unrealistic expectations onto themselves. But then there's other-oriented perfectionism, And that's when someone places unrealistic expectations onto others. Your expectations of what others should be doing or need to be doing is unrealistic. And then lastly, there's social perfectionism. And that's unrealistic expectations from others. So the other oriented is when people have unrealistic expectations that they place onto others and social perfectionism is when they expect unrealistic expectations from others. I would expect that they would do this for me or I would expect that they would do that. So three different domains, self-oriented, other-oriented, and then social, like community or collective. So what causes perfectionism? Like most things, perfectionism is rooted in early childhood experiences. It could be a variety of different childhood experiences and upbringings, but some common early childhood experiences that may lead to perfectionism as an adult are parents having unrealistic expectations Like you have to get all A's every time. Um, Parents who shame or um, use abusive language when you do something wrong or make a mistake or get a grade that was below what was expected of you. 
So oftentimes, based on our childhood experiences, we grow into adults that may be afraid of failure, want to avoid failure, want to avoid being judged or shamed. And then also, Psychology Today notes the social component of perfectionism, which I just mentioned in one of the three domains. But because of how relevant social media is in today's day and age, there's a belief that social media leads to comparing yourself with others and that leads to more perfectionism, especially in young people. Being a perfectionist could also be a defense mechanism. If you grew up in a chaotic household in an unsafe environment, being a perfectionist could be a means of control. At least I can control getting all A's where I can't control if I'm going to be safe at home. So perfectionism, focusing on being perfect in school or doing something perfectly as far as hobbies or sports is a way that sometimes children could feel like they have some control over their environment, especially if their, envi- their home environment is neglectful or abusive. So what are some of the negative consequences of being a perfectionist? Anxiety and depression. That fear of failure leads to anxiety. Unrealistic standards and expectations lead to anxiety and being anxious. And then if people do not succeed if they fail at their unrealistic expectations, at their unrealistic goal, they feel depressed. They're susceptible to depression, to not feeling being feeling worthy, susceptible to low self-esteem, feelings of low self-worth. In addition, people who experience depression and anxiety are also at risk for other mental health disorders such as eating disorders and alcohol and substance use disorders. So what do we do about it? Well, some common treatment for perfectionism or how to, I don't want to say cure because it's a personality trait, but how to better manage your perfectionism is through positive self-talk. Remember, a perfectionist is often very critical and judgmental especially towards themselves. So being mindful of your internal dialogue, your negative self-talk, and making it a purposeful point to change that internal dialogue, speaking kindly to yourself, using positive affirmations. And if you're not aware of your negative self-scripts, then meditation and journaling can help increase the awareness of your inner critic. Be around people who accept you for who you are. So if a perfectionist is already judging themselves and 
has a fear of being judged by others, then that's just exacerbated or heightened if we surround ourselves with other people who are judgmental or critical or toxic. So being around people who accept you for who you are is really important. So take inventory and figure out who has your best interest in mind and who doesn't. Maybe do some cleaning, spring cleaning of your friends list. Stop comparing yourself with others. I have a whole podcast on this. There is nothing healthy or beneficial about comparing yourself to others. You can be inspired by somebody else. You can get inspiration, mentorship, but comparing yourself has that element of judging that this person is better than me or I'm not as good as this person. So comparing yourself to others uh, is never helpful. Journaling, I mentioned. Um, And then therapy. Find a therapist who is trained in cognitive behavioral therapy where you could really identify those negative scripts, that negative self-talk, those thinking errors, dispute them, and change them for more affirming and accurate self-talk. Identifying limiting belief systems in therapy and going through internal family systems therapy so that you can get a better understanding of your childhood experiences and family dynamics that may have contributed to you being a perfectionist as an adult. And then I also wanted to mention The Body Keeps the Score. It's a book by Bessel van der Kolk. I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. It's quite a bit to get out. But The Body Keeps the Score came out in, I think, 2014. Um, But it's recently gained lots of popularity, and I'm glad. But he cites in that book, it's a book about trauma, um, studies about the positive impact of journaling. So we mentioned journaling before, but I just wanted to say it again because There's studies around the benefits that journaling has for people who have experienced trauma. And a lot of people who are perfectionist experience childhood trauma or grew up in an unsafe or chaotic family system. So journaling has shown that Um, or writing contributed, like free writing, journaling contributes to a decrease in both mental health symptoms, but also physical illnesses. So journaling helps us process our traumas, process our experiences, and that could help that inner critic, that could help with those perfectionist tendencies and being so hard on yourself. So here are some practical tips. This is my favorite one. Mess up on purpose. We all make mistakes. It's going to happen. So plan your mess up. Mess up on purpose so that you could see how ridiculous it is and it's okay. So the next time you mess up and it's not on purpose, you're going to realize the world didn't end. You are okay. You are still worthy of love. You are still a good person. It's okay to make a mistake. 
And lots of times, like, um, who's the painter? Happy accidents. You know, it's not a mistake. It turned out better than you thought that it would. Bob Ross. Give yourself a time limit. So I do this one a lot. And I tell people, you know, this is one of my favorite tips to share with clients and suggest that they do. Give yourself a time limit. When is it going to be good enough? So if you read your research paper or your autobiography or your short story or whatever it is that you're working on, if you read it over 500 times, when was it good enough? How many changes or edits did you really make? Give yourself a time limit. I'm going to read this over three more times and then it's good enough. Or I'm going to work on this for the rest of the day and then it's good enough. It's not likely that we make our work better by continuing to do it. At some point, we're finished. It's wonderful. It's as good as it's going to get. And it's not going to get any better by us fixating on it. And oftentimes, it was better before we went back in for the 356,000th time. So give yourself a time limit to say, okay, this is good enough. I'm done. That's it. Set smaller goals. So break the goal up. If you have a large goal, break it up. So if your goal is to run a marathon, ask yourself when you want to complete this goal by and then break it up. If you never ran a race before, you're not going to go from never running to running a marathon. You know, so start training, run a 5K, run a 10K, run a half marathon, maybe run two or three half marathons, and then go for the big kahuna. You got to break it up. You have a better chance of success if you start small and then celebrate those small successes along the way. Meditation. Meditation helps, like I previously mentioned, increase our awareness of our inner critic. We want to identify where we're being critical and then show that part of ourselves love and compassion. You don't have to pay for anything. I tell people all the time, go to YouTube, search meditation for self-love and acceptance. Free. They are all free. And there's millions to choose from. I have a guided meditation to release self-judgment here on this podcast. So check that out too. And then celebrate the small successes every day. Every day you have achieved something. Celebrate yourself. If people wait for big moments to celebrate, they're going to be few and far between. In our lifetime, how many huge moments do we have? But the everyday moments, those are our real successes. Those everyday moments, that's where we spend most of our lives. Let's celebrate it. So find something every day to reflect on and celebrate. I went to the gym today. That's great. Let me celebrate it. That was my goal. I completed my project at work today. Great. Celebrate it. Awesome. So every day you can find something 
to celebrate. I encourage you to do so. If you have any questions, please email me. If you have topics you would like to discuss on this podcast, email me, thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. It means so much to me. I appreciate you guys. Namaste.